Alright, welcome y'all to another motherfucking episode of the Monday Hustle. My name is Malcolm, I am your host. For those of you that are just tuning in, I want to thank you uh, so much for taking time out of your busy week, busy day, um, just to listen to, to all the things that I got to say. And for those of you that are returning, I appreciate you continuously showing love and support for being here um, and just kind of sticking it out through the weeks. Um, what I do want to say first and foremost is I do have my first guest. Uh, it's a special guest here with us today. And basically what we're going to break down is uh, his life experiences. And I think that he, he has a lot of value to add to the show, um, number one. And number two, um, I think it's something or, or a nice angle that I'd love to start kind of going into into finding people that are not only local, but also trying to get back and being creative and also having that same Monday hustle mentality. Um, we're all about positivity. We're all about the optimism. Um, we're also about like mindset, hustle, and growth. <clears throat> and so I want to I wanna introduce you guys here today to, to Robbie Alonzo. He is the founder and the creative director of the Franchise Tag. For those of you that do not know and that do follow me, whenever you see me posting at the Franchise Tag, this is the company that I've been um, representing, and, and, I'm, and I'm actually ecstatic to have him here today on the show um so without further ado i want you guys to to give a warm welcome to to robbie robbie what's going on how's it going malcolm yeah man um, i appreciate you and the monday hustle for having me today um it's a lot of things that i've been wanting to talk just by watching the podcast uh over time and i feel like this is no better time for this to happen today yeah that's awesome dog um <clears throat> So we've we've been briefly talking already, um, just kind of getting the wheels greased up, and uh, just kind of going over just just regular things, you know. Um, me and Robbie kind of go way back to to high school. Um, he's about what are you three three, three years, years yeah older. three years older than me. Um, I mean, back in the day, y'all, you know, like I said before, like you were the you were the baseball crew, so y'all boys were like always the freshest ones. Yeah, that's and so funny. <laughs> so uh, it's funny because I was telling I was telling Robbie before how crazy it is that you that he built basically a lifestyle um, that kind of started as a hobby essentially. How, yeah. how, how, how it was did just that? like it's more or less like trying to maintain like as much as people doing it now for Instagram. Um, when we were in high school, we were already ahead you know like we wanted to be spoken about we wanted to catch everyone's attention we wanted for people to wait to see what we did next but we had no idea what we were doing we were just trying to be cool yeah that's just really what it is you know we're trying to find ourselves and be cool and also impress like girls and everybody we weren't even trying to just impress girls we were trying to impress everyone everybody in the school like um just by our appearances it was just me and a couple of homies and uh we took we like went extra hard my senior year, like to the point that we would um, we would plan it in the summer, and we would get we got matching outfits or outfits that correlated with each other for the first week of school my senior. Year. <laughs> I didn't like know it that. was it was so embarrassing. Yeah. But then I realized how much I was drawn to like clothes and what my homies wore and what we all were wearing and our differences at a young age. Yeah. And to be doing it now, it's like it all makes sense. What kind of I mean I mean what kind of like inspired that I guess like not everybody okay so for me for example I, I think maybe it was just like a money thing I guess or like going to, like I never really bought like clothes like that but I do remember vividly everybody saying like you know the 
the bat of the baseball crew, you know, got the freshest fit and so on and so forth. Like, was that something that started prior to high school? Yeah. Did you like collect clothes? Yeah. Did you collect shoes? Um, or did you just have a I plethora just, of stuff? Uh, my and, parents, I'll say like my dad. My dad was always, you know, up to date. He still is with like Nikes and fashion. It, it doesn't highlight it. Like, it's not something that he will say like he cares about. But you could tell within it who he is as a person. Also, my mom. Um, so like. What brought me into fashion is, like, one signature moment. It was, like, I was probably about, I'd say, like, six years old. And I remember my dad having the freshwater Nike Air Griffies. Like, and obviously at that time, Griffey was the biggest thing in baseball. So he was, like, the first guy that had this swag of, like, lifestyle yeah. in the game of baseball. So you could see how it was, you know, the way he carried himself, like, rocking earrings, you know, signature shoes. And I remember my dad having those shoes. This and like, is when you were growing up. Yeah, okay. yeah, like, six years old and trying them on. Like, I remember my dad buying them. I could I could remember this whole thing happening. Walking to my parents' back room, my dad has a sneaker closet, and I remember grabbing them and just putting them on, and they were, like, you know, eight sizes too big, but, like, walking around just thinking about, like, wow, I know that when I am able to afford something, this is what I'm going to get. Yeah. It's these uh, freshwater griffies. And it was just... Um, yeah, just the lifestyle and the, the access I had at a young age due to my dad and, like, relationships and him playing baseball, um, just to be around it. So I was exposed to it very early. I was around professional athletes, and I would see the glitz and the glamour and the clothes and, you know, not even knowing, just trying to find something that wasn't what they were wearing but mimic it as close as possible, you okay. know, like um, just, you know, not knowing brands You're saying stuff. through baseball, like through, through baseball, baseball, yeah. Okay. Like, like, on, so like I outside had, the field? Yeah, so I had access, so... My dad played pro ball, and growing up, we I've always had access to baseball. My dad still has friends who are in the game, and um, I we have a pass, so it like, allows you to go to games for the rest of your life for gotcha. free and like all this access. So I had, like, even the Marlins, for example, I was around them through, like, very big points of, like, their World Series right now. So I was seeing, like, the best team in baseball every day and how the guys were acting every day. Like, they were into clothes. Like, I remember being... 12 years old in middle school and every Friday was throwback Friday for the Marlins. So they would bring like, they would all rock throwback jerseys. Mitchell Ness throwback jerseys. So all I knew was like, I have to get a Mitchell Ness throwback jersey. I'm gonna like come to the next Friday game, you know, and like have the Marlin players looking at me. And I did that. It's so funny. I like went to Marshall's the grace of God, and it was a Mitchell and S jersey that was three hundred fifty dollars. Chicago White Sox at Marshall's. At Marshall's, <laughs> Carlton Fest. I used to hit like sweet plays at Marshall's, and I remember the jersey was three fifty, and it was like one twenty five on sale. And my dad already. Oh, the actual retail price. Yeah, yeah. Okay, but I thought you know, it was at like Marshall's. I was so like, like oh, I thought it was three, yeah. Yeah, you're getting a sweet deal, and it was the jersey that I, that I really wanted. Just because I wanted it to have a Mitchell and Nets jersey. I didn't care who was the player, even yeah. though I love baseball. But I knew my dad would buy it for me. Yeah. So I had this monster Mitchell and Nets jersey, way too big for my body. And then I went and got the Nike Air Hirachi shoes to match. And I wore them to the game on Friday. So I was already, like, I was competing with... I was competing with, like, grown men in my own mind on some, like, just trying to, like, be relevant. Like, yeah. being able to talk to them at the end of the game about, like, oh, dope, your shoes. Because I had so much interest, but it was instilled in me from my dad. Gotcha. And, like, gotcha. the swag of baseball. Even though people think baseball is the most swagless sport there is, in a sense. But it's not. It's not. What do you, what, is that like a, is, I'm, I, see, I don't really follow baseball. I'm not a huge baseball fan. Not like I'm anti-baseball. Yeah. Playing baseball is one thing. Watching baseball for me is a completely different thing. Um, and also like, 
I mean, my, I mean, I grew up a single mother, so she not that it has anything to do with sports, but she she wasn't very big into yeah, sports. Basically. You know okay, what I mean? Gotcha. Like the type of sports I did, like I played basketball, but that was just kind of more of like a competitive nature for yeah. myself, not because like. I don't know. It was just something I did yeah. by my neighborhood, and like I skateboarded and like rollerbladed, like I guess you would call it extreme sports, so to speak. Um, but never like the traditional football, baseball, basketball kind of thing. Um, but is is that like a culture in baseball that people like are super into into? Would it be streetwear fashion or just like yeah, fashion? Yeah, I just think fashion? like well, a lot of baseball players are like from the islands, so they don't have it. So they grow up watching like us in the states who have yeah. it. So once they get money, that's what they do. Okay. Um, I also like grew up like I played all the sports. Like I was into the skate. It was everything. I was just like you know you. I would play baseball and then I would turn on Tony Hawk and I wanted to be Bob Burnquist. You know, like I remember that guy. You know, like <laughs> it was just weird stuff like that, and I wanted to wear DC Osiris's. Uh, skateboard shoes in middle school, but then yeah. I wanted to turn around and have Jordan. You know, it was just like this. I uh, I was brought up where I was around everyone. You know what I'm saying? There was no race. There was no nothing like. So I had friends from every every race. You know, and yeah. and every background. You know, and rich poor. It didn't matter. And I had access to it all. So I would, in a sense, adapt mm -hmm. to my environment, but. I wasn't adapting to fit in. I was, like, adapting because I thought all the stuff was cool. You know what I'm saying? Like, I liked the stuff that soccer players... You know, I liked it all. Like, I was just drawn to it all because they all liked the same stuff in a sense. That's pretty dope. Um, yeah, so, obviously, so that's exactly what... I mean, that's more, like, my curiosity because I always wondered... Um, what kind of sparks that in, you know? What kind of sparks that interest as far as clothing goes? When I was on the baseball team, we at Deerfield High. Good uh, we question. Did everybody were everybody on the same page when you guys first met, or did you guys kind of grow? Oh into no, that together? we was all fresh. Okay, we was all fresh. Like I ain't gonna like like on your standalone, like, like on our was, own okay. standalone. Like we was all fresh. That's why I looked the way it was. That's why it was such a. It wasn't like a group of twenty guys who were like. Hey man, we're gonna go buy the same shoes today. Like people yeah. do that now, the same outfit. Like we just all came with heat. We were low key competing against each other. Got you, got you. We were just low key trying to make sure that each other stayed on their toes. You know, like even to this day, like it was. Everyone was so fresh, and back then it was so easy. You know, a corner store black tee went a long way. You yeah. know what I'm saying? A corner store black tee is like such a staple piece in fashion for me because it was easy to get. It was affordable for for school and. It just was so, there's nothing more crispy than taking a corner store tee out of a plastic bag, putting it on, leaving the tag on it, and going to first period class. Yeah, I remember that. You know what I'm saying? Like, you, that wait, was, you wait as long you as you can. You wait as long you... as you can before you put it on, <laughs> right? Yeah. You know what I'm saying? And, like, normally we tend to iron things, but we were cool with all the crease marks in this shirt yeah. that had been in the package for six months, you know? Mm -hmm. You know? And, like, that was big for me. It's still very big for me today. Like, I have, the, I can't let go of the corner store. I have the, that... That will always be instilled in me because I enjoyed it so much, you know. Yeah. And all my friends were fresh, man. There was icons that played at Deerfield Baseball way before me, bro. Guys who were way before me who had me realize, like, wow, when you come to Deerfield High and you play on the baseball team, like, it's bigger than just how fresh you are on baseball field. It was like there was guys like a guy named Mickey Story. He is, he's a Deerfield legend. Um, he ended up playing professional baseball. He coaches a professional baseball team right now. And just like having the access of watching my dad coach these guys before I got there. Yeah. And then, you know, follow, you know, wanting to follow in these guys' footsteps. I wanted to be the same thing as them. You yeah. know, they were groomed as professional athletes in high school. I thought they were professional baseball players and they were just 
high schoolers, you know? Because when you're young, in middle school, you don't know what high school entails, you know? Yeah. So I was watching them, and they were just like a bunch of 18-year-old kids carrying themselves like they were famous. Yeah. Um, and one thing I always will remember was... I went to a baseball game. Well, our baseball program was sponsored by Nike. Gotcha. And I remember going there, and they were extremely good, and guys were going pro, and I remember just watching everything and just the structure of the team and how everything was put in play, the coach, everything. It was being around Major League Baseball, it was the same thing. Like, no wonder my dad was a part of it, you know? And I remember getting to the game, and they were wearing black Nike baseball jerseys. They had on a turtleneck mock neck, cut off sleeve, and the mock neck said Bucks. And we they had on white baseball pants. The they were like one of the very few teams to have the Nike check on the baseball t- pants like ten years before it came out. And they had solid black Nike cleats. And I'm talking about fifty guys on a baseball team and in uniform like an army. It was the sickest thing like I ever seen. It's like disciples, you know. Everyone was just pinpoint, and everybody had their nickname in white out on the tongue of the cleats. And that sat with me. And this was a moment that happened when you were younger? When I was young, you like came be- to Deerfield before High? I went into Deerfield High. And it sat with me on a level that I couldn't... It was just mind-blowing to me. I was like, these guys got these black cleats. And one of them was a baseball player who's in the pros now. His name's Mike Fires, and his head is nicknamed Fry Boy. And one of them was another guy who became a big-time baseball player, Jordan Hafer, and his his had Hafer on it. And Mickey Story had... I know that name. Had, and Mickey Story had... Um, wait, who did Mickey... Mickey Story had Prime Time. He loved Deion Sanders so much, he said primetime. He was one of the best baseball players. At that point in time, he was probably the best baseball player in Broward County. And his cleats had primetime. You know what I'm saying? It was watching this guy. like It was, it was awesome, bro. And then like I always, I always mention the mock neck because I even found mine the other day. That was like a staple piece. Like when you got onto varsity, you were given these items. You know yeah. what I'm saying? It's like you know you had to work for it. You had to go through JV. You had to do pay your dues at this time. Mm-hmm. And like you wanted to have this mock neck that said bucks. And like yeah. even my friends to this point in a group chat, we talk about like our mock necks. It's so crazy and what they mean to us. Like and how we felt it was like a superpower. Like when, when I eventually got into Deerfield High and got mine, I felt like if I didn't have mine to play, I wouldn't play good. I had to look so fucking good. Like. Bro, I sprayed three sprays of cologne before I went on the baseball field. Do you know what I'm saying? Like, I, I, was, I smelled good when I went out there. I smelled good. Everything was new. When we were at Deerfield, everything was uniform. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? So even game days, we were in uniform and team polos. And a lot of people be like, oh, that's corny. But it's so fire when you're in team polos and in slacks or, like, cargo pants. You know what I'm saying? And then your whole team has on Jordans throughout the day. You already started. We already just started the process of beating the other team the night before. Yeah. Do you know what I'm saying? Without knowing. Like, these are things that I know now. You know what I'm saying? I was just so caught up in, like, you know, trying to show out and be, and be talked about, really. You know, everything else was good baseball, so it was like, why not be well-rounded, you know? Yeah. And it was awesome. It's just because I had the, the access also, you know, I had great parents that gave it to me. Mm-hmm. Um, and then I learned how to hustle and make my own stuff happen and sell shoes. And it was just... It was instilled in me before I was born, dog. Like, I have... You know, when you're a kid, you get all those baby shoes. I was decked out. So, yeah. it was before me, I was Team Nike. Like, that's, Team Nike. It, was, it, was, it wasn't no choice, you know? Yeah. But it was great, man. I can't even complain about it. It's like such a highlight as to what I do now. Yeah, for you sure. You know what I'm saying? Like, even talking to you about it right now, I'm like, wow, man. I really didn't realize that how impactful and like influential that time period was into what I'm currently doing to this day. And like yeah. now sitting here talking about it, I'm like, wow, man, that really was a big deal. Mm-hmm. Like, For sure. That's that what I mean. That's a huge deal. That's one of the biggest things for me is like I want to know 
I mean, obviously, you think about it, and I don't know if you recognize it, but or maybe as you're speaking, recognize it, where it kind of starts. And, like, it may have started, let's say, high school, but it could have started, like you said, you know, you were six years old, and that's when it kind of started, and you kind of carried that that same creative feel and competitive creativeness to wanting to to just look good. And I think that regardless of if... Regardless of if you're trying to do it as a job, I, I, I think that the two correlate when it comes to confidence. Whenever you do something with confidence, it's, uh, it, it just like changes the whole playing field. And when you, f- and when you feel good by the way that you look, so you look you're good, you feel good, and you have the confidence, you, you walk different. Yeah. You know what I mean? We had to wear, we had to wear, uh, we had to match. Yeah. So we had seven different jerseys. Like combine like seven different jerseys. Honestly, probably like thirty five different combinations. And I know that sounds crazy, but like I can't even exaggerate. From like a black jersey, pinstripe, white, yellow, red, gray. Like it didn't matter. We had it. And if you didn't wear like we would wear red under, yellow under, black under. If you didn't wear your black under, you didn't play. And that so was a rule. Or that, that was a player? rule. Okay. That was a rule. Like if you didn't go and wear, you could wear it a different way. Like you don't have to wear the same exact pieces. Yeah. We had. Remember, we're sponsored by these, by Nike and these other big companies. So they gave us multiple different pieces. But you just had to make sure that if you were wearing black under as a team that day, you wore black under. If you didn't, if you had one piece that was off, you you better hope that coach doesn't see you and that you steal it from somebody or somebody gives it to you. Like a belt or something, so that you play in that game. I've watched plenty of the greatest baseball players to come out of Deerfield High miss one item and not play, bro. It could be the biggest game of the year. Listen, it could be the biggest game of the year, and we were, we were, yeah, we were just, we were uh, molded into just the rules and the system, and you wouldn't play the whole game, no matter how much we needed you. Like we would, we would know that if we didn't. Our coach would know that if he didn't play you. There's a bigger chance of us losing a game that we're easily winning, and he would take that risk. Now, it was, from the coach's perspective, what was the reason behind that? Life. Now that I look at it now, structure. I mean, now, right now that you look at it now, but that, that okay, I, I obviously structure. Um, what did he say to you guys? You can't play because it's a matter. I mean, it, it's a matter of like at that point, it's like everything is given to you. You're sponsored by our team, right? You wear practice clothes. You know, it's like. Yeah, we went hard, but a lot of stuff was, when you realize it, it's like a lot of hand-fed stuff, a lot of access. You know, you have a certain time to practice. You know, you you got all these clothes. Like, at the end of the games, you, you got two piles. You put your clothes. You don't even take your jerseys home. Yeah. Like, they're washed for you. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? I don't know of any school. Like, I know they do, but, like, you would make a pile. Your stuff had your name in it. It was washed. Sometimes it was put back into your locker. Sometimes it was folded for you. Like, there was just an unlimited abundance of access to, like, flyness from taping your wrist. Like, we would steal the tape from the trainer's cabinet, bro, just to tape our wrist. Like, taping your wrist was a big deal. Like, there was fashion in putting tape on your wrist in baseball. You know what I'm saying? Like, there was so much. Like, trying to sneak one of those, like, uh, Nike bands or the Live Strong band at that yeah, time. Yeah, back like, trying to wear that time because it's, like, it's not a part of uniform in baseball. So, like, you couldn't play with, like, earrings and you couldn't play with necklaces. But, like, when you got older in college, you could play with earrings in if your coaches allow you. A lot of coaches did it. You could play yeah. with a chain on, though, to a certain extent. You know yeah. what I'm saying? Like, but it was it's always been, like, the swag in it that yeah. now I realize is a big part of my brand and yeah. who I am as a person. For sure. I think that, that it, it, it builds well, more, more of like the understand then 
being so meticulous and like detail oriented with just the clothing and piecing together outfits and things of that nature um how does that how did that carry over into your lifestyle and not i mean not just not just work i mean like life like do you did, did it carry over did the idea of like oh i need this to be you know sat this way and i need this to be this way so like for example i remember when i used to take heavy ass textbooks fold my white tee and press it to get the creases back to get the creases That's back the again but, but like i remember that i remember that just by always wanting something to look a detailed way like if my collar looked a certain like if my collar was a little bacon crisp you know what i mean or like if you know my like for example when i'm wearing, like i told you when i was wearing my white shoes like i fucking hate the fact that there's a black scratch when i see it i see the whole shoe messed up versus like somebody like oh it's just a fucking that's how we grew up though. you know yeah that's and how it was because like, it was like you would get you would get crapped on yeah like so, you would get made fun like yeah. you would get made fun of how do you think those details like do you did you like let's say when you're cleaning your house Right? Are you are you a fucking Nazi when it comes to like the way things yeah. look? And yeah, things that it, it made a big deal, man. Like from like even me saying the like the mock neck, like having it, like to shirt collars in school, like or, or the, the, my homies they held you accountable. Like, bro, your collar's loose. Like that was so big. Like you <laughs> yeah. say, place a textbook. Yeah, you know how many textbooks I put on like my shirt collars or ironed corner store t-shirt collars you know what i'm saying like i don't want nobody to say they wasn't for breezing the tea back in the day yeah you know what i'm saying like that's just the realest thing in the world bro don't tell me you didn't wear that same tea back to back days and for breeze it and iron the collar yeah don't thing. tell me you didn't fold it and put it underneath your mattress the whole night yeah. don't tell me you didn't put it on a textbook and that was so big like it was just like you look at it now, you're like, what? You know what I'm saying? That's crazy. You know what yeah. I'm saying? But it was like molding me into like, you look good, you feel good. And and now it's like, I, you know, I've stepped away from a lot of the things I was very, I would stress about because I thought that everybody was staring at it. You know, you hear someone yeah. make a joke on somebody. You hear someone make a joke about somebody about a certain detail in their outfit. You will make sure from that time they made that joke on a person because they're not going to make the same joke on you because now it's not funny for them. Yeah. But you make sure after they make that joke about that person, whatever that person was going through that day, you make sure you never stumble upon it because you're next. <laughs> and that's how I used to look at it. It was like, it takes one time to get made fun of and you were like, man, my clothes got to be on point. Like, I watched people pull people with shirt collars, bro. It was serious, bro. Like, and it's very, it's big to this day to me. Like, it's just like some type of uniform. Because if you have that minor intent to detail right there, you have like this whole, uh, this. it just builds this structure and character, I feel like, for a long way. At least for me. Yeah. I can speak for me. I've seen what it's done for me. I've seen the pros and cons of it. I'm not saying like it's created this life. Bomb, but I've seen like how I am like, yeah. oh, like things have to be a certain way. Like everything has to be, I'm very symmetrical. Yeah. I'm very analytical. Everything has to be perfect yeah like i have this with the reason why i have such a hard time buying stuff especially like jeans i hate when my entire closet looks good and i take a jean out of the the jean pile and i'm like that's why i need two pairs of the same jeans you hang up your jeans uh no you no, fold no. them mm-hmm. I, fold I fold my jeans and my girl you hang so, up your shirts mm-hmm. i hang up my shirt i, I fold my shirt it depends which shirt it is like my, a lot of my just regular t-shirts that were on a day day i fold them okay but, like, I like the way that they look when they're folded. When I take it, like, I don't know. It's just something about visually that I have yeah. to see something. So it's, like, that carries over into... I mean, I talk a lot about it on the podcast when it comes to being very detailed. Like, when you do something enough over and over again, it, de- it develops a habit. And that's obviously um, 
that uh what's the word what's the word i'm looking for that's obvious that's yeah, the word. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, it's, it's an obvious statement but when you do it to the point where you notice it from other people not doing blank right yeah. if you know you always keep your car clean just because you like yeah. your car clean when you see somebody else's car not clean it's not like you have anything against them you're just like like why the fuck don't you keep your car clean or why don't you keep the you know what i'm saying and it's like it's almost like you need to continue this like order and this like discipline and this um, this structure for everything around you because it kind of creates a, a disruption in the way that your I guess your thinking process. Your you know what I mean? The, the yeah. way you've programmed yourself. Like yeah, I have to get. I think I've gotten a haircut every week for the last like twelve years and might have missed maybe like a handful. Maybe missed in the last twelve years. Maybe maybe missed 20 haircuts maybe like yeah haircut every week same time i'm there like no matter i'll wait i'll pay like just stuff like that car cleaned every week i get my car cleaned every week i don't want the crazy uh wax package that's gonna last me two weeks i don't want that (laughs) i want my car cleaned with the same package i get every week because i'm coming every week i want my gas, you know what I'm saying? Like, that's yeah. just it, bro. I gave people's car, I'm like, why you ain't got no damn gas? <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Like, bro, like, come on now. Like, we grown right now. Like, gas was so big to me. Like, my car always on full. And it's to each its own, I get it. But that's just the habits that I've created for myself and the space that I like to live in. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? It's not forceful for me. I just like to live there. I like to wake up and plan, like, I plan with my barber. Shout out to Nelly the barber. I plan with my barber every week. My haircut, as if he doesn't know. Like I plan it every week at the same time, as if he doesn't know I'm already in his schedule. He knows. Like we already, like we have a great bond. But I, I plan because I'm. That's my routine. That's yeah. my structure. Like I plan my car wash. I plan my days. I like write it all down, and it just all started at a young age. You know what I'm mm-hmm. saying? And then, and then, it's just taken into the fashion. Like everything's included the fashion. It's like. You know, you dress up your car. You know what I'm saying? Like yeah. you dress up your clothes, you dress up your car, you dress everything is dressed up. It's yeah, it's like getting dressed with a bad with a bad hair with bad hair. Oh my god! It's like you always have to have the haircut. I don't even like wearing a hat without a haircut. That don't make no sense. Got you, got you. Got you know what I'm saying? Yeah. Like people wear a hat because they ain't got a haircut. Yeah. I I wear a hat because I got a haircut. Like I, I want everything to be, you know, everything yeah. got to be tight, right? Because so, if I got to take off my hat at the the, the five star restaurant I'm at, yeah. That I'm presentable, you know what I'm saying? Like, yeah. just I just think of all this stuff. Like, I just, but that's the the habits and the places that I've created. Yeah, most people don't want to live like that or care for it, but it's deeper than that. It just has helped mold me into the person I am, the brand I've created, and it's just stuff that I I tend to care about. I feel you. Um. So now that we've now that we caught up to speed about you know the underlying things that have happened to help you build what it is today. What is the franchise brand? And what would you say is the long-term vision for the franchise tag? Now, is it the franchise? Because I know we spoke about it, but it is, it is the franchise tag, but you also want it to be the franchise. Yeah, so it's the franchise tag because it's you know the, the entity in itself yes. and like the franchise behind everything. Um, and like the staple piece and how big that name is um that name is big the franchise tag is big in sports and everything's a franchise from you know nike to mercedes it's all a franchise and that's what i'm trying to build with it it's my long term goal is you know um not just one thing you know like different 
different avenues under this umbrella, you know, of this name of the franchise tag, you know. Um, but like I, I've, I've, I say is the franchise tag is a globally recognized brand based out of South Florida. It maintains clientele that includes some of today's top athletes and celebrities. The franchise tag is a luxury streetwear brand. So by that, you know, like the streetwear brand, it, it goes back to today's fashion and what I grew up on. You know what I'm saying? And I'm just trying to bridge the gap between like the inner cities of like kids who don't have or kids who love corner store tees with the whole world where people who love high fashion who won't ever walk into a corner store and put that tee on. You know what I'm saying? Like I get comments, you know, and that and that's my biggest thing with the franchise tag. Like I get compliments on black corner store tees, you know what I'm saying? Like because it's still uh, the inner city kid like that's all he can afford, and I know how, how valuable that is. So I've never shied away from it. You know what I'm saying? Like, my brand has that that core, and that's a very that's a big core value of my brand. I think that's, uh, I, yeah. I, when, I, when, I, when I see, I think, I think for me, the, the best part about the franchise tag is knowing um, the creativity that it come that comes with it, you know what I mean? Like to understand that, like you have to. I mean, you don't necessarily have to be creative to make a brand, but I know that I know you as a as a person in real life. It's not just through social media. Just to understand where, if you had infinite resources, what you'd be able, what you'd essentially be capable of doing with what you have, based off of the things that I've seen you not only put together, but also the connections and relationships that you continue. Um, to make and, and, and then your end goal because I'm sure if it was infinite resources the type of things that you'd be doing right now would be a little be, bit different yeah, you know what I mean facts. but you have to create that space yeah you have to create that space and you also have to slowly but surely build where you want to go like you like we were just talking you can't sell a $4,000 hat until you started to sell, you know, forty dollar hats, then work your way up and build that brand and make that name and go, you know, make your way right. up there before being able to, you know, put your name on it and sell it. You know what I mean? You can't, you can't skip the steps. Mm-hmm. As much as you want to get to the end goal, like what happens when you get to the end goal and you skipped all these steps? You're not happy. Yeah, I you think also saying? not only are you not being happy, well, you also won't have the necessary tools. Yeah. If it was given to you because you haven't gone through through some of the the missteps and with that being said like where where okay your your brand's what five years old now uh it's going on four going on four okay so in the four years obviously you're very you're very young in your entrepreneurship entrepreneurship age we'd essentially say you're about four years old into your entrepreneurship right right um what are the biggest, maybe the three biggest things that you've come across that you were extremely ignorant and or naive to going into this? I would say like um, trying to balance uh, creating a space for yourself to exist and creating a space for others. You know what I'm saying? Like feeling, you know, tied into this like way you're molded and who you are as a person. Um, That's like one of my biggest things is like trying to, Put people in, in a place to succeed without worrying about handling what I need to handle first. You know what I'm saying? And that goes back to like skipping steps. Got you, got you. You know what I'm saying? Like, um, like there's no like there's only so much I could be doing because I haven't gone through all the steps. So I had to learn that. Like I couldn't take my platform and put all these people on, um, because I I hadn't gone through the proper steps and techniques and you know routine and all that to be able to say. 
oh, I know enough to help the other individuals, and that's like a very big thing. I think. Do you do you also think that a lot of people kind of misconstrue the idea that you becoming your own boss is just going to be a a freedom, just like off the bat, right? Like, do you think that that, that was also maybe yeah, something that you struggled uh, with? Like, did you, did you go in thinking that, like, oh, I'm going to be an entrepreneur. Like, I'll be able to start doing whatever the fuck I want and make my yeah. own schedule. Do you think that now also you realize that maybe you still have to run a schedule and yeah, still have to, to the give yourself some time? The thing, man, and I realize that every time I fuck it up. <laughs> that's like, you know what I'm saying? Every time I, like, miss a day, bro. Yeah. Because... <sighs> You take a lot of day off, days off in the beginning, thinking that, like... I take a lot of days off still to this day. Yeah. And that's just for my my mental purposes, you yeah. know what I'm saying? Because, like I'm saying, I'm still going through the steps. A lot of people... The reason why I feel that it's different with me, man, and I never voice this, is because... A lot of people who are driven to do these great things in their life have this crazy trauma that they went through at a young age, you know, whatever it would be, you know, and I respect and I care about that for these people because I never had to go through it. So again, I skipped those steps Yeah. in a sense of like, to like a lot of different people's stories. Not everyone, you know, everyone, not everyone doesn't come from a two parent home. Not everyone doesn't have that, you know, like yeah, everyone's yeah. different, but like I've, I, 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 a lot of my friends and what I gravitated to is that because my parents, my parents, are from you know my parents have step parents you know what I'm saying like I but my parents have been together for 30 years so that's like a big deal in my brand because people have seen the structure of my family and the structure of how I was raised and and all this and the access that I've had and all the things that I shared earlier and how it was like so great right and it kind of like starts to fuck you right now in this yeah. point in time because people are like oh like for instance oh that's Robbie Alonzo coach Alonzo's son like they they're good you know what I'm saying? Like, yeah, they're just good. the idea. Oh, like, just because, like, things that my dad created and whom we are as people, you know what I'm saying? Like, oh, they got the, they got money. They're good. Like, they're able to do this. Oh, he's fine. Or, like, they don't realize that it's like, no, it's not like that. Like, no, it, this is me. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? And, and that's just for other people. And I didn't go, you know, it's not a little sad thing. I'm very blessed and fortunate, but it's still difficult. Whether you have this trauma in your life that turns you into this, you know, this thing that you're creating for yourself, it doesn't matter, you know? And a lot of people, yeah, they just get caught in the, you know, like, oh, he got it. I think that I think that the, a really good uh, difference between the, t- the t- understanding, kind of bridging what you're trying to say is, like, because I've been through a lot of traumatic things, the only thing that it did for me was build a character that you kind of develop who I am as a, as a person. But it doesn't necessarily mean that it's gonna make me a good businessman. Gotcha. Businessman, you get your trauma saying? like created who you're, your character. Created, right? Yeah, you see, me, as a person, I didn't have the trauma. My dad created the character. Yeah, which is you also I think you know, and and that's the flip side. You know, the the, the caveat to that is like I didn't have a, a some, my father or whatever to build that um, to build that character. So a lot of the things that I learned were one through trial and error. Yeah. And it doesn't like I said, it doesn't necessarily correlate into me being good at business. Whereas now. You're good at you're working on becoming better at business, yeah. being a businessman, and in the process of doing business, you start you're almost not going backwards, but doing the flip side. So now you're working business, and then you're also now learning about who you are and as a character and developing that yourself as a as an individual and yeah. a human being. Whereas I'm now on the flip side, I built my character and 
kind of grew up a little earlier than yeah. than most people to then now I have to learn about the business side of becoming businessman because they don't I mean I think they go hand in hand but you also learn them on on two yeah, separate my, ends. my trial and error came from watching my dad's trials and errors you know what I'm saying like yeah. someone tell you like yo like don't do this or this is what you should do or being in the room or just being you know having my dad take me places and put me around these people and just being a fly on the wall you know that was my trial and error because then I was like all right, then don't do that. You know what I'm saying? Like, you heard this, you know, and then you grow up, and I just kind of, like, those were my steps, and those were my tools. Um, but then, it, it, you know, it gets to a point where people kind of think, like, now it's, like, everything's, like, this, like, thing that's kind of given to you, and you didn't create it. Um, like, the franchise tag is about to be four years old, and this is the second year where I am fully 100% franchise tag. And by that, I mean this is the only thing I do. Yeah. In a sense, like this is my my this is my enterprise. Um, and before that, I was teaching, and a lot of people didn't know that, and I I really didn't share that. Not because it, it was embarrassing. Uh, I don't think it's embarrassing at all. Because it, it not and I don't like the term embarrassing is because of what I was doing like behind closed doors in a sense of clothing and like the other lifestyle. I was living two different lives. Yeah. Like I was I was living two different lives. You know. Um, and I had to separate from like not making it in baseball and like trying to find myself uh, finishing college and like I quit baseball something that I was groomed to play yeah from like you know what I'm saying like my whole life it was baseball and I quit it and I don't even watch baseball to this day because I don't like the way I left the game I don't feel like the game owed me anything I feel like I owed the game something and I quit um, and I never thought that's how it would have ended um, but it, it, the positive of that was I was able to put my head in the books and finish college at a timely fashion and like get all the things that I really wanted to help me where I am now. Um, but yeah, man, like it was just a t- trial and error. Like my parents, my parents struggled. My dad struggled in college and he passed. You know what I'm saying? But he still wanted to play ball and like I quit and I was trying to find myself. And then I was like, let me teach. Like let me teach and I could be this I could help I could give back now did you teach um, to to help uh, I taught to make your, money but to grow your business no this was before like so I didn't even have a brand at the time got you I was teaching because I was I started to teach because I was in a relationship ending a relationship that I was in at that point in time uh, like six years ago seven years ago and uh, I would I would feel that I had nothing the person would make me feel that I had nothing going for myself so I was like I need to get a job but I wanted to be on my terms. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. So, like, I went to try to work at a sneaker store because I love sneakers. I'm going to get a discount. Duh. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. But then I got to the mall, and they're like, you got to work on Sunday. And I'm like, I ain't working on no Sunday. Why like, was Sunday? Like, I just don't. Like, I want to choose my schedule. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> yeah, like, I ain't working that way. Like, I ain't working that. And there's no job that's like that. There's no job that's like you work these hours, you're done, and then the weekends are off. Except for teaching. I feel yeah. like that's the only job. And being a rapper, you know what I'm saying, or an athlete, you know what I'm saying. Like, if you really think about it, teachers work what six months out the year, oh. or nine months out the nine months out the year. Teachers work nine months out the year. They get paid. They get paid summers, paid vacations. They get all the days off throughout the year, and they get weekends off. And they work from this hour to this hour. And once that door closes, you don't have to do nothing else if you don't want to. 
You know what I'm saying? Like, it's all right. That's how I feel because I was in it. I watched it. So I was doing it because I needed to make a buck. You know what I'm saying? My dad ended up was a teacher. Um, I saw how, like, what he made for himself. Mind you, he did it for 30 years after he played baseball. So it was a whole different lifestyle for him because he earned it. And he actually was very passionate about it. And that's what he wanted to do. It wasn't for the buck. Me, it was for the money. You know what I'm saying? And I accepted that. Like, I'm going to do it for the money. But as soon as I got involved, I realized that I was... I just, you know, I like to help people. Mm-hmm. So then I got, I got stuck in that shit. I was like, damn, I'm just going to do this shit. Fuck it. Like, yeah. I'm making this money. I can live here. I can drive this. It was all benefit. There was more pros than cons. And when stuff is more pros than cons, I was like, I'm in it. And I did it. And I was doing it every day. And then I started to get more involved in it. And, and one thing about schools, I'll say this, is that when you are the guy in a school that is liked among many, they want you out, and they want you out quick. They don't like that. You know what I'm saying? And I've seen that with my father. People don't I've like seen that with coaches. I've seen that with great people that care about. I think what kids. happens is like, like for example, I was just reading. So I coach, obviously you know, because I'm coaching you. Um, but when I when you coach at other places and other gyms, majority of the time you're part time. The problem and the problem with that is that you can't really make a living as a part-time coach making 20 bucks an hour and yeah. working 15 hours a week. So realistically, if I continue to try to work at a gym, it's going to be very hard for me to make a living for myself. But the reason being is because when you start to develop relationships, and mind you, I mean relationships where everyone likes, comes to your class, everyone wants to be coached by you, they like your coaching style, you kind of learn how other people work and they know that you know how they work, and so you kind of, that's how it works, yeah. right? The problem with that is if you choose to leave, a lot of times the people will want to leave and go back to where you are because you've developed this relationship and people are trying to get into a space where like they don't have to relearn a new coach and they don't have to you know and that's great for me because that's how you build clientele so I'm not sure if it's very similar in teaching but what I do know is what happens is when a lot of people are liked whether it's for good or whether it's for bad you have leverage Leverage, and since you have leverage, I, do, I don't like know. It. I don't know if that's considered the authority. In that time, they don't yeah. like the leverage, um, and it's not good for business. Facts, you know what 100%. I mean. If I, let's just say, for example, if I was the face of your brand, you ran it, you're the CEO, yeah. and I just became the beautiful face for uh-huh. the franchise tag. If everybody, if then you now have built a brand around a face, and it's no, it's no longer necessarily about the name, it's what I stand for and the way that I speak and the way that I carry myself. You allow somebody to take yeah. that. If this guy, if I chose to go and then break off and be like, you know, the franchise is me, blah, 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 blah. It's very hard for you to step in, even though you have the money, as far as being the face of something because yeah. you haven't been doing it yeah. for the past 30 years. Like, oh, like, why do you think that Why do you think that people buy Nike? Because, they, yeah. because it's just what it is. Yeah. Not because they know anything about Nike. They're yeah. just loyal to the brand yeah. because of what it is. Yeah. Not, like, because, yeah. not because they've researched it. Not because they fucking try to see when yeah. it was founded. Majority of people don't even know who the fucking owner yeah. and CEO or the founder of Nike is. They just buy it because they know it's Nike. Or location. Yeah. yeah. And that's when you have, you, have, you have put yourself in a position where you almost become, I wouldn't say a monopoly, but 
you have the leverage. Yeah. You know what I mean? You the have leverage the leverage. Scares people. Yeah. Um, they panic, and I had and and I had the leverage in my situation without knowing it, because I wasn't living in that space. You know what I'm saying? Like I wasn't thinking about leverage. Like I finished college, I got a degree, I needed a job, make a buck. You tell me what to do. I'm there. I'm doing it. I respect you. You respect me. I do my job. I'm in and out. I don't bother nobody. I don't say nothing. It's yes sir, no sir, and we go about our day. And that. That's who I am as a person. And it gave me leverage. And it gave me the leverage where you're in a school and the kids don't respect the principals, but they respect everything you say. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Like, and the principals are, what the fuck? And they taking that home because this is what they went to school for and this is what they want to die doing. And they taking that home and they sitting with it. And then whatever chance they get to cross you, they're going to try to spark that. And that's what happened in my situation. I worked, um, I went to... Deerfield High, where I graduated, um, and I, I did it some time there. Um, that's, where that's where you're teaching? Yeah, I was teaching there. I was more or less substituting there. Why? Because I didn't want to get caught in a commitment. I started to I coach baseball there one season, too. I didn't want to get caught into this commitment of, like, I was, it was, I was fresh, you know? I, I, didn't, I, I didn't have that enjoyment because I was subbing, so I wasn't there every day. So I didn't want to get caught into an everyday commitment. I didn't want to devote all my time and stress and everything like I watched my dad do for all the years he did. And I didn't, you know what I'm saying? If I wasn't gonna do something 100% like we were groomed to do the Deerfield way, I couldn't do that there. I couldn't disrespect Deerfield High, you know what I'm saying? If I'm gonna substitute, I gotta substitute at another school. Because if I'm gonna be at Deerfield High, I need to teach there, I need to be there all day, I need to give all these kids what I was given, you know what I'm saying? So I only did it for like maybe like a couple weeks, and then I was like, <laughs> it was just, and I never gave anybody that explanation, but that's just what I was living with. Like, I feel like Deerfield High is a place that makes you or breaks you, Deerfield itself in the city, you know what I'm saying? And that place and the city of Deerfield has given me the greatest times of my entire life, you know what I'm saying? And I felt that working there and not giving them 100% when they earned that or when they when they deserved that, it wasn't fair to them. So I was like, man, let me go substitute somewhere else. So that's what I did. I went to substitute. I was like, I want to substitute in the Broward area, you know, just to get back to, like, kids of Broward and stuff. So I, like, went to Coconut Creek, a place that I lived by. It was, like, a, it was a rival when I was at Deerfield for baseball. I knew nothing about them. I didn't care. No one knew me over there. Bottom, I could, like, blend in. So I went over there, did my thing. Two years go by and I started brand. I started brand by like just, you know, just messing around, just fucking around, you know, like uh, I thought that maybe I could create some other way to generate money, um, you know, because like the that's money, how the brand started. Yeah, like I, I, I had no I went through a rough patch um, from relationships, finding myself, finishing school, figuring out what I wanted to do and also trying to be financially free. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? And I didn't know how to do that. So, yeah, it like, it kind of, it all changed. You know what I'm saying? Like, I, I ended up being at Creek, and then I started to flow and make money, and then I started to, like, be happy again. You know, I started to be, like, more happier. And then uh, one day, I, uh, I was just filled with a lot of emotion in my house, and I was stressed, and I, like... Just went like went out to like a flea market, man. And was just like looking at stuff, and I saw this fire hat, like just a blank hat, and I was like, dope. And I always thought all that blank hat. I always thought if it wasn't a major league baseball team, it was lame. I was just like this fashion thing in me, like I thought it was lame. Like I felt that you can't wear. I didn't like people that wore different color Yankee hats. Like if you don't wear a Yankee hat, it needs to be the traditional one, and that's it. All that other stuff that's corny to me. And then so like for me to pick up a suede hat adjustable back like 
You know what I'm saying? I was like, it was like, let me let me see what I could do. And I put like a broken heart on it. I just was like messing around. I put a broken heart on it. I had 120 Instagram followers. I wasn't on Instagram like that. The pictures I were posting were lame as hell. I had nothing going for it. It was just like whatever, hanging pictures with me and my friends going out before a club. Like I didn't know what a hashtag was. I didn't know what a caption was. I didn't put a caption located. I didn't do nothing. I got two likes, you know what I'm saying? <laughs> I didn't know what it was. Like it was like whatever and I didn't care. And, I, and then I took, uh, I took this broken hat I just embroidered at a store for like 20 bucks and I was like man I'm gonna take a picture of this and put it on Instagram and I'm gonna write like broken heart like broken heart collection sad boys club yeah like broken heart collection on some like little baby shit and I like posted the picture I got like 10 likes damn you out <laughs> there like, bro okay. I past 9 bro I was like 10 likes okay bet and then I was like I got a DM from somebody who I was already at that time following an artist that I was like looking up to and he was like, yo, these are fire, da, da, da. and I was so confused. Like, cause I like was following the person, I loved their work and I couldn't afford none of their stuff and then they were DMing me and I didn't even know what a DM was, you know what I'm saying? And now like, I was like, oh, you like the hat? Cool. And I like had to play this whole role, fake it till you make it, you know what I'm saying? Like I had to play this whole role that I was starting a brand and all you're that. Going, you're going I had no it. name. There was no name. It was just a broken heart on a hat, bro. It was just like, cool, I'm going to put this on a hat, whatever. Cool, it was 20 bucks. I'm, I'm only going to make one, and I'll wear it. And I know people are going to like it because everything I wear, people already compliment on it. So it was like, you know what I'm saying? Like, I could kind of give you this bullshit gimmick. Like, it was like a tri- it was trial and error. Let me see if I can hustle you type shit. And I got to this, this mansion in Miami, this penthouse, and... Dude, he just asked me questions about it. And like, oh, this is your brand, da 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 And I never thought of brand. And I was like, he said the word brand, and I said yes. And he said, what is this called? I said, Broken Heart Collection. <laughs> That's how it, like, went. We hung out, and I went home. And at that point in time, it was very rough in my life, as I said, because of, like, the transitions. And I was, like, I was, like, uh, I was teaching and, like, trying to figure it out. Like, after school, how I was going to do it. And then I would, like, go home, honestly. And I was just, like, just getting my element. Like, I would smoke weed all day and just try to figure it out, man. Like, lock myself in a very, very unhealthy situation by choice. Like, subconsciously, like, you know, I treat myself, like... Yeah, because you love that bad. shit. You know what? I, I was feeding off of, like, feeling sad. You know what I'm saying? Like, I was, like, thriving off of it. And when I realized what I could get out of it, I was like, fuck it. I'm going to squeeze this shit out of feeling sad. So let me get blackout curtains. Let me turn my house down. Let me put my TV up. Let me put my, like, music at the time, my depressing music. Let me, like, smoke my weed. Let me get into this zone. And, you know, let's let's do it. And I did it. And I remember, like, listening to music. And I think, what is it? Dirt, dirty Sprite 2. I don't know. Fucking Future, whatever. The, the, the one that looks like the textbook, the cover great fucking project and I remember listening to I'm the plug really on the plug really on the plug <laughs> yeah I dropped a couple whoop de whoops in the cup <laughs> put it on my tab put it on my tab franchise tag on me Bron Bron it was like four in the morning bro I probably smoked like an ounce of weed I was like at that point in time I was you know exper- you know experimenting just going through stuff you know like trying different stuff and like trying to figure it out like different feels and I like played it back and he said franchise tag on me Braun Braun and I was like what bro I don't know what happened everything I was on like <laughs> it was just like I went from being high to sober 
instantly, bro. Like, it, it was crazy. I went from high to sober. Sober, bro. Sober, dog. Like, it was all the cops ran up on me. I was sober. And I was like, how do you buy an LLC? It was like a, like, I don't even know. I didn't even know what an LLC was, bro. I was like, how do you buy it? I, like, Google it, looked at it, told my dad what I wanted to do. I went online, and I was like, the only way, I remember telling myself, the only way that this can work is if all the platforms of social media are accepting to the name. You know what I'm saying? Like, I could get that name. If I can get that name on a site, Instagram at a time, a Twitter, and all that, it's over. You know what I'm saying? Because it looks, you know, it looks more. It looks established. You know what I'm saying? At that time, yeah. it was like, fake it till you make I it. I hate it when I fucking can't get everything on the same page. Uh, everything on social media. Like, so that's why I tried, that's why I changed my name. Not changed it, but used my name as Malcolm, but spelled in a way where it's so Fire. unordinary. I like it simple. I like it to be blank. Like, listen, don't get me wrong. I love the franchise tag. Obviously, considering the circumstances, I hate the dot co now. I want to, <laughs> but, it's, but, you I want to but you can't like, do anything about it. I'd be wanting to, oh man, dog, the dot co right now, it burns my soul, dog. <laughs> it burns me bad because of like how I am and like getting the, get being able to get the Twitter, being able to get the Facebook, being able to have the site, site's crucial because if the site said the franchise tag dot co or org or yeah. gov or, or net if it didn't say dot com we wouldn't be kicking the franchise tag. we wouldn't be we wouldn't be talking about this you yeah. know what I'm saying so like it all worked in my favor so I like did it the next day spent 500 the next day spent bought sites bought domains and I'm telling you I'm doing all this without telling anybody yeah so now I'm like shit that high last night got me here <laughs> We're going right back to it. You know what I'm saying? Like, I want to, like, feel sad. Yeah. I want to, like, drain all this emotion and put it into it. I learned how to, like, copy uh, URLs and domains and codes and, and put it on a site and start a website and read. And I didn't do... I did all of it myself. Yeah. All of it myself. And I learned how to do it. And I was like, wow, like, this is crazy. You know what I'm saying? And then... It just I kept feeling feeding off of being sad. Yeah. Or making myself sad. It's one of those things where a lot of people are either uh, fearful of negativity or anger. And I, I've always lived with uh, with a rage inside of me that I only knew two emotions. I was angry and happy. And I mean now I understand how to be emotional and to understand and be more self aware with feelings, but I thrive off of being In last place, I guess the best way, and I enjoy the pain. I enjoy this. I did not so much yeah, now. Like yeah, I still enjoy yeah, to yeah, lose, yeah, yeah. but I don't enjoy to lose and be depressed because that's when I do a lot of stupid shit. I make stupid decisions. Then I made a lot of stupid decisions, but I was also very creative. But also, it wasn't going anywhere. Gotcha. You know what I mean? Yeah. The only thing that I got out of being in that in that position was writing music. Until this day, now I can I can get into that that zone without actually having to drink my life away and do a bunch of drugs and get sad. I can literally put myself in a position where as long as I take the fire that's fueling me into some sort of creativity or do it to something that's a self-destructive behavior and you took that fire and whatever it was that was bothering you at that point in time um, and were able to make something creative out of it. But if you hadn't done that, what do you think like would have been? It was just trying to create my own name, bro. Like my dad is a legend, bro. Like. He was like in so many places. What's your dad's name? Roberto Alonso Jr. He's like he's very well known and for many things. 
And it was like trying to create my own name under the same name. You know what I'm saying? Like trying to go somewhere and not bring up my dad. I love the guy to death. Like he should be honored everywhere not being I a shadow. go. But not being a shadow. Like, man, what can I do? So like the clothing shit was like, yeah, this is in my dad's name because he put me on game. But now no one's going to really know that until right now. You know what I'm saying? No one's going to know that. So I'm going to create my own my own avenue. And I know he's going to let me flourish in it because he don't care. You know what I'm saying? He's going to help me. And yeah, man, that sad space created that. But it was like, man, I've been—I was called man for like three years in high school. Dog. I didn't even get called Robbie. Bro. Robbie's kid. Yeah, bro, Alonzo's kid, Alonzo, like Alonzo's son. Like that was my name. That's bro, how I, I didn't even earn a name, bro. I had a nickname, bro. I had some crazy nicknames, like baseball nicknames, like. But Alonzo's son, bro. Like that's how. Like until I earned. Robbie and it wasn't like bullying. It was like they just kind of wanted to like you know like to make I mean, you your own man. Is. They just were molding you into like being like no, I'm Robbie Alonzo, bro. Like and that and that's what and those and those homies are still friends I talk to every day. You know what I'm saying? Like, but yeah, it was like it sucked because I was like man, I'm trying like the fuck like I'm trying to be my own shit, you know. And then I kind of took it out into this. Yeah, I definitely took it out into this mixed with being sad and and finding myself and trying to figure it out and. In relationships, I was like, man, let me create this stuff, and I made the hat. Got in, got in, got my foot in the building. Like I always say, you know, it's an arena. You either in the game, you're watching it. You're a custodian in the arena. You outside scalping tickets, or you driving by. That's how I really look at it. There's so many. You can keep going. You know what I'm saying? Like, yeah. but the the main goal is to be in the game, and that's like I'm not even talking about. Uh, sports. I'm talking about what, it, what you do. If you work at Petland, like, you need to be the manager of Petland. You don't need to be over there cleaning dog shit. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Like, you need to be in the game, you know? And I just had to, like, figure out how to do it. And I, I'm, I just, I just, I just got in the arena. Yeah. Uh, I just got, I'm, I'm watching the game right now. Mm-hmm. I'm, I'm, I'm not, a, I'm not, I'm not, I'm not scalping tickets. I'm not driving by. I'm not a custodian. I'm in the, I'm in the arena, but I'm not in the game. You know what I'm saying? I'm working towards that as my brand, but yeah, man, the Broken Heart Collection was got me, what got me in the arena. Um, the relationship that that hat right there got me crazy relationships, bro. And I skipped a bunch of steps, bro. Yeah, I skipped a bunch of steps, and me skipping those steps because of something that blew up because of social media overnight. I was like, man, I, I owe it to some friends now. I gotta put them on, but I didn't even get like the game yeah like how am i putting people on without the game you know what i'm saying like um so yeah it gave me a lot of access bro a lot of different friends or associates or people i thought were friends you know like i was hanging you know i, I started walk i've never been in a club in miami never done none of that you know i walked into i walked to the front of a club in miami they opened the red ropes there's 200 people outside i walked in like it was mine it was crazy and the first time i walked in to the club I was with somebody who was going to bring me to, like, another artist, and I was just like, cool, I didn't care for it, you know? But I, my mind clicked because... My mind clicked because of the person I was with was already big, a big brand big brand owner, and he had something going. So when he was yeah. talking about my shit as a brand, I was like, shit, I'm a brand. I just kind of kind of move and talk like him, you know what I'm saying? Yeah. But not, you know, and, and then with my own little sauce, and I could, I could survive. And we got in, and we were going to go hang out somewhere, and when I looked to my left, I seen a homie that I grew up with from high school, Ace Hood, in the same club and I was like oh I need to talk to him if there's anybody I need to talk to I need to get over there I remember walking over there there's like 30 people around him bro it was like an army bro 
I was like, damn, bro. Like, how do I do? Because cause at the end of the day, I'm like, in my mind, and you know, and who I am, I'm this cool guy, you know, like, I ain't walking up there and saying nothing. But I had this relationship with him prior. So, but these people don't know that, you know what I'm saying? And I'm not living off the, our prior relationship. You know, the time's different. It's just out of respect. Like, yo, what's up, bro? So I walked over there and it was just like, it was like, what's up, Robbie? Put me up. And the people around him were looking at me like, who are they? That, uh, who's this? That? And I got this access like the first night. And it was like, I skipped this whole step, bro. Like, there's people out here creating a brand, trying to get a notice on Instagram, trying to pay $100 to get in the club, trying to like come across the right person, trying to catch somebody outside of the club timing. There are people trying to find their timing or create their timing. Yeah. I skipped that. Like, but I don't think even, I don't even think that. You would consider it a it's a it's a it's, it's a mis, like a, it's a misstep yeah, 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 yeah but it's because you cultivated a relationship yeah, yeah, prior yeah, 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 yeah. and you didn't well, allow. What I mean by the skipping is like so my whole life I've had the whole like access we're gonna go tie back mm-hmm. and like the whole like I've had it all you know kind of really given to me yeah so it's always looked like I had to skip steps you know what I'm saying like yeah. people didn't understand it because I always think and I didn't and I wasn't skipping steps it was just the it was meant to be and was meant you know what I'm saying the way I'm molded and who I am in person and what I, how it's created is like this is why this is happening like this is why it happens it's inevitable it's not my you know it just my timing um and my timing with the brand was was perfect <laughs> my timing with the brand was at a point where hats the game of hats started to change people weren't shopping at lids for hats or online they were buying from locals because people were, were designing stuff and people were creating brands and it was an epidemic of this dad hat fad and i never wore a dad hat but boy did i create them. <laughs> but boy did i create yeah you won't catch me in that i think dad hats are lame but i would sell them bro and i would like <laughs> i sold a lot of shit when i started that was the broken heart hat corny as fuck to me <laughs> I'm not even lying, bro. I thought it was so lame, bro. But when someone co-signed it, who I looked up to, I was like, okay, then I like it. And then I created a bunch of them, bro. I created like 24 of them at $20 a piece. I was getting hit over the head, but I didn't know no better. I was like, cool, if I'm paying 20, I need to make at least 40. So it's worth it on a hat. But to me- So you sold them for 60 bucks? I was like, I was like, if I made it for twenty, I gotta make forty. I mean, I made, if I made it for twenty, I gotta sell it for forty. Got gotcha, you, gotcha, so that gotcha. I can make it, so I can double my bread. Yeah. But to me, when I started, I was like, doubling my bread isn't enough. <laughs> I was like, I need to sell them for sixty. Yeah. And I was like, there ain't no hat in the world right now for sixty, especially not this shit. I was, you know, I'm knowledgeable about the fashion, and all that, so I'm like, whatever, I'm gonna do my sixty. I made these pieces, whatever. I sat home with them. I posted on Instagram again. Bomb hit again. Joel Santana, famous rapper. I'm like, what? I'm like, what is going on? Bomb. Like, I'm talking about all in the same week, bro. Like, crazy stuff. Like, I had somebody, a friend of mine that was like, man, you need a calendar. You need to write stuff. And, you you know, you need to create it and all that. And I was like, that sounds so dumb. Like, you can't create the space for something to happen. Yeah. Like, that makes no sense, bro. You can't work hard. You know what I'm saying? Like, you can't do hustle. You can't really hustle in that way. Like, you can hustle. You know, my hustle is, like, to make bread, like, to make money. But you can't hustle in yourself to create this thing. Like, that doesn't exist. And then someone was like, oh, you got to watch The Secret. Like, this movie. I was like, I ain't watching that shit, bro. <laughs> and then one day I was just, you know, in my element, sad. And I found The Secret. And I watched it. And I did what it told me. And I wrote stuff down. And it happened, bro. I could not lie to you, bro. All that's Okay, bro. That calendar that I got. Somebody told me to buy it. And I wasn't going to buy it. Because I didn't want to pay the money to buy the calendar. Think about that. So... I had happened to be somewhere and somebody handed me a calendar. 
like two days after the odds, bro. I was at my tailor getting clothes tailor and she handed me a calendar. I was like, do you need this? On some like, we don't even talk. I have no relations with this person. And she gave me a calendar and I was like, whoa. I got home, I was watching The Secret, I wrote on the calendar and everything with every person that I wrote to happen in like a month happened in like a two week span and I threw the calendar away and I never looked at it again. And I was like, I could just create it. I create all these things to exist. You know what I'm saying? If I like create the space for it to live and I got a, I like worked my way out of that sad space and I was like, man, let me, how dope would it be able to create all these things in a happy space? And then like, you know what I'm saying? And then I really be out there happy, you know? And like, like, of course not every day you're happy not everything you're happy. And I started to create this thing and bomb and I had a, somebody who was very close to me, like from high school, a friend that, uh, very close and ended up uh due to circumstances his mom had to move so my parents basically like took him in and another family another couple families like um the galvin family like the severino family who he also grew up with uh carlos st louis and we all you know just help just you know help help them because his mom had to to move yeah so um we ended up graduating high school i graduated a year before and then i went off to a school i went off to a few different colleges and played baseball and he went off to a few different schools and um we ended up uh he ended up moving in my parents like ended up like he fully moved in like he was living with me and then we were going to finish college together before like the brand started so i was like man i already have this prior relationship with him. like this is my brother like he like I, he's part of this like this is the only person i had this person i was with every day so i was like he's part of the brand so now i was like Bomb, I'm out of this sad place. I got somebody like part of the brand. I'm like, we good. Like now I'm Gucci. Like now I got somebody who I know believes in everything I'm gonna say and do because they know who I am. Like they know the core, Robbie. You know what I'm saying? It's yeah. not like Alonzo's son. Like you know what I'm saying? So it was like dope. And then I created that space for it to live. And bomb brand gets up kicking, and all these people are buying stuff, bro. I'm, I got store locations now. I got a brand. I got Instagram and and my personal page. And every time I post something, it's a hundred likes. And and I'm like, oh my god, I'm getting called on all these numbers. And I'm like, what the fuck is the social media shit? And I'm like, oh my god, I like it. I'm feeding off it. I'm like, let me post more. Let me post more. I like these likes and I like these followers. And oh my god, it's making me all this money. And I'm like, holy shit. And I'm like. Damn, I got five store locations. I got like six meetings this week, bro. And I gotta ship hats and I gotta create more hats. And this bitch is pay- making me pay. Sorry for saying bitch, but it making me pay twenty. And it wasn't a female, <laughs> but making me pay like twenty dollars a hat. And he he got me like stressed because he won't even bring the hats down. He's like, bro, you paying twenty? And I was like. So now he's starting to see that I'm paying twenty and I'm coming often. So he's like, he's making money. Yeah. So the hats are now not going down. They're not even going out to the point that I found a hat source somewhere and I was like, listen, man, I know you're not getting them for this cheap. I'll put you down on the source. If you, I'll, I'll get the source to send them to you and you just do them for me. And we both went and he was like, no, nah, price is going up. <laughs> Jack the price up like $2 and I was like, I'm not paying you $22 a hat. Custom out left. So all this is happening and I'm like teaching and I'm happy and all this, but now I'm like, I'm going to work every day. I'm teaching and when work's done, I'm in my brand and I'm with my homie and we creating and all this and bam, 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 bam. And then when I go out, I get a call and my homie's shot and killed. And I'm like, what? I'm like, I would like, I'm out with two of my best friends, Jake, yeah. Jake and Javi. And those were my homies that were like the guys that matched with me in high school, yeah. all this fashion shit. So like I'm out in Miami, my phone's ringing and like, just a crazy situation. Like my whole life has been like, I felt like I, like I said, like in my, this is how I live with myself. This is my honesty to myself. I felt like I, ha- you know, I, I've been given, I've been blessed and 
with great parents, a great brother, a great family, you know what I'm saying? So, like, the steps that people have had to go through, I didn't because I was very fortunate. So, like, I've always skipped these steps, right? And this was, like, the first time in my life that I felt that I couldn't skip steps because I was, like, my, my dad was out of town. My mom works in a courthouse. She was home asleep. I didn't want to startle her. And, like, I was going to a hospital because my homie just got shot and I thought he was alive. So, like, I'm driving to the hospital and I'm like, man, this is straight. Knowing the person who it is, I'm like, man, this is fine. Like, I'm not even, like, he got shot. So, I'm going to get there. I'm going to be like, damn, bro. Like, you good, bro? Like, that shit hurt? Like, how did that shit feel? Like, what the hell happened? Like, we're going to have a conversation. Bro, I walk into the hospital, bro. I, I, I walk in there like, he's on life support. I'm like, what? You're not even giving me, like, a chance? Like, you know what I'm saying? Like, what's going on? I try to, like, walk to the back, and, like, the security in the front of the hospital was a kid that we went to high school with, and he's like, I can't even let you back there, Robbie. And I'm like, what, like, what's up? Meanwhile, at this point in time, like, you know, I'm transitioning. Like, my appearance, you know, things like my fashion at that time, the way I was carrying myself, you know? It was a space that I was living in because everything had started to, you know, flourish so yeah. quick, you know? And I, and I didn't know how to control it. Because I wasn't, I hadn't developed, I, the time that I was spending creating who I was, I hadn't fully developed it. So, you know what I'm saying? It was a lot. It was the brand Robbie, the teaching Robbie, and the, the outside Robbie. You know what I'm yeah. saying? I was living three lives, bro. And then the family Robbie. So, you know, I get there and they're like, yeah, like we can't let you see him. And five minutes later, they're like, oh, he's dead. And I was like, I was so confused, my boy, because I like that was the first time in my life I couldn't skip the step, and that was a step I would have loved to skip. You know what I'm saying? It was like I couldn't skip that step, and it was not by choice. You know what I'm saying? My whole life I've had all these choices to skip these steps. You know, like not by choice, but by the choice, the one I want to skip, I can't. My dad's not there, my mom's home, and I'm dealing with this on my own, and now I'm this thing. So everyone that's in the hospital knows and they know what we were doing and how we were creating this brand and the care. And like now everyone's like looking at me and it was just an unfortunate event because my homie passed away. He was shot and killed in a car with one of my other friends and my other friend, he, he lived. And they both other, got shot? No. Just one just shot? One of, them, one of them got shot. The other one was in a passenger seat, didn't get shot in front of their childhood home and they're best friends since birth. Gotcha. And that's the shit that I've never, I won't ever sit well with because, you know, like, my, you know, because I care about my other boys so much um, that I like, you know, I always check on, I just care about, you know what I'm saying? These people I've known since a young age, so I care about him so much. Mm -hmm. And to know, like, that, to know what the person who lost, who I lost, and what they meant for me, what they were doing for me in my life, what they to know do. what they were doing for that person their whole entire life, mm -hmm. it doesn't sit well with me. Because they have, they had a lifetime ahead of them that I was watching because I was older than them and we were very like close. Yeah. That I, that I can't that I can't accept that I won't get to watch them. I like I've always wanted to watch them grow together. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? And I've never, you know, I've never shared that. I've never like, and that that's the thing that I still to this day bothers me because like they both had deserved to grow together like the way they did their whole lives like their families their kids you know so yeah man it was a lot and I just remember like <laughs> like it was like all the steps that I had skipped in my life life had all these steps ready right now like all the steps I had skipped from like childhood high school I skipped so many steps in college bro you know what I'm saying like sports all these steps I skipped life was like here they come 
Now you gotta walk. Now you gotta walk the steps, bro. You know what I'm saying? Like, yeah. you know, it was like so. Bam! Like I had the 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 person who was funding the brand mm-hmm. was gone. Yeah. Like the person who believed in the brand, funded the brand, was at everywhere. The person who would who put it, who changed his Instagram, you who didn't give a fuck about Instagram, but would post shit and change the URL and did, just would do his stuff was gone. And I was like, damn, bro. And I fell back into that sad place. Yeah. And when I fell into it, I like I dug myself down. You know what I'm saying? Because I knew how good it felt. You know, subconsciously I was like, this feels so fucking good. It's so bad. You know what I'm saying? And I just dug, bro. I like dug. I dug for a while um, because of the situation, and then I dug for a while by choice. You know what I'm saying? And then, uh, yeah, man, I just like created this. I stepped away from the brand. I kind of like didn't want to create stuff. I felt like there was a blank. It was just more or less because I, I lost the person that always co-signed me. Yeah, how many years were you into the the brand before when this happened? A year? A year. Okay. Just about to be a year. Yeah, a year. Like I had just started, everything just started to blossom. So it was like, I remember the week before, the week before... This is how we would talk to each other, me and Carlos. The week before um, he passed, I was going to Fat Joe's house. Mm-hmm. And he was like, damn, bro, like, that's sick. And I was hyped, you know, because I was like, man, I'm trying to get everyone with my brand and stuff, you know? And I was so hyped. And then I remember, like, he had, like, a night, a party for, like, he he would he was so funny with me, dog. He would be like, yo, I want you to pull up tonight. How much do I got paid? Like, how much is your booking? Like, he would, like, in a joke, like, I knew it was all love. Yeah. And he would just, like, he would build this confidence in me. And he would be like, what you mean, bro? You got to tell me, like, that that's what you're going to be doing, bro. Like, that's where we're going. Like, and I used to be like, holy shit, like, this Damn, he believes in me, bro. Like, you know what I'm saying? Like, I had, man, the prints on the shirt sucked. The hats was laying. Like, man, I'm like, this guy loves it, bro. He loves it more than me. And he's willing to, like, he's willing to do everything for me. And I just was like, it was fire, bro. So, uh, yeah, dog, he ended up passing. And um, we ended up, I, I kind of put the brand on hold. And then somebody, or I had a friend kind of, like, challenge me and was like, you know, you're going to lose all this? Like, you know, like... Like, you know, respect the situation and the person and, like, what you can really create and what you were doing. And then, bomb. I, like, geared it back on. I dug myself out of that sad place. And I, like, just put went full-fledged, bro. And, like, just always reminded myself of the reason why I'm doing this. You know what I'm saying? And it wasn't because of the Instagram or because of the money and the things that I, were, I was obtaining that I wanted that really didn't hold no weight. And then I... uh just started pushing everything and, and more people started coming to the brand and it started blowing up and and it's just been great, bro. Like it, it it's been able I've been able to go through every emotion. I feel mm-hmm. like you gotta go through that with everything you do. I've been able to have highs, lows. I'm gonna have highs and lows for the next fifty years. And I'm cool with it, man. I've learned to have to you know, I'm learning how to deal with it, but I've all I've I've learned to come with terms of that's how life's gonna be. Yeah. You know, whatever I do. But like I'm blessed, bro. Like I can't complain about nothing, bro. Like, <laughs> I'm back to skipping steps. <laughs> like, I'm back to, like, I'm just happy, bro. Like, I got, like, a good girl with me right now in my life and, like, who supports what I do. I do. And, like, it's a very big thing because, like, having somebody... Like, I, I lost a homie that was, like, that boy, that, that, that person that was all for me and supported me and was, like... You know, he had his own life and he was building a, a family and he was about to get married and all that, but he's still, like... He still, like, helped me grow as a person. And now I have that in the girl that I'm with, Kim. And, like, it's dope because, like, 
you know, like, most people lose that and they never can bounce back. And I feel so bad because I know how hard it is. But, like, I'm just happy that I have somebody that helps me and supports me and, like, just, just grinds with my brand. Like, I finally got that back. So, like, right now, it's... It's like, it's, you know, it's it's getting back to, you know, like ground level, you know what I'm saying? Like with everything and everything that I'm pushing now with the brand is, is, is coming from a different place, you know what I'm saying? It's like, uh, it's just more pure. Like it's more of a purpose. You know, I want to help people, bro. I care more about people and itself. I realize that these clothes, um, they bring more people together because we all need them in a sense. And, you know, a lot more, a lot of people like it. And I, I I, that's what I'm doing it for right now. I used to, I was doing it for the money, and I was doing it to be popular, and I was doing it to like get liked on Instagram, and I was doing it to like have access. And now that I have it all, I have everything. Like I was sitting there yesterday, and I was like, the only thing I don't have is a million dollars. But other than that, I have everything. You know what I'm saying? Like I have the friends, I have the girl, I have the car, I have the. You know what I'm saying? I'm very blessed. I have the family. I got God. I got like all that. I'm working. Like I'm putting myself more in the church. On the, not by like, you know, like by demand, by like how I was raised because I enjoy it. You know, and how it makes me feel. And yeah, I'm like blessed with it. But you know, I had to go through these ups and downs. You know, like even today, like like I said to you, bro. I looked at my phone. It's twelve o'clock. I got the Facetime at nine, and I was like, <laughs> I, I was like, damn, I'm, I can't miss this. You know what I'm saying? Like, I can't, I couldn't miss it because there's so many reasons I couldn't miss it because of prior relations in high school. You know what I'm saying? The respect we have for each other. Like, there's so much more. Like, you know what I'm saying? Like, I'm trying to put a bunch of Carloses in my life. You know what I'm saying? And so when I feel that from a person, I'm like, I got it. I cherish that. You know what I'm saying? So, like, I make sure that I do whatever I possibly can to, like, you know, like help them or like to be there and all that. And all that stems from my brand and like, like once I have all that stuff, you know, all those cylinders firing, all this stuff is, is fun and it's easy and it's like, it's meant to happen, bro. I just do what the world asks. That's amazing, bro. That's amazing. I think that that's the reason that that's exactly the reason why the brand will be successful because you understand all of this about yourself, number one, and you also know what it takes and um we got a couple minutes left here but um i just kind of want to touch back on just a little bit of everything it's just like you know at, an, at such an early age you had to go through the things that you had to go through in order to um <clears throat> build what you have now and i mean that in like the fashion sense and you had to go through the, the discipline training and i think that by you essentially being on the opposite side of the of the train tracks like where you kind of had things given to you not everything you know but for the most part you didn't you didn't live a very struggle life you know what i'm saying and i think that because you didn't life needed to give you that and in in regards to the situation with carlos you know rest his soul you know what i'm saying um because it needed to give you something in life where it was like you can't go and get anything yeah. from this. You are not going to yeah. be able to get rewarded with blank. Yeah. You're not going to be able to go to your mom or dad to fix blank. This is something that now, like, this is a real-life situation that was unexpected, and now you're going to have to either let it make you or break you, yeah. especially so early in your brand, and you could have you you decided to go and just go out partying and say, fuck it, like, I don't give a shit about this. Like, now he's not going to fund it, so I'm just going to stop it. But now you have a reason to continue to build what the franchise is. And I think that that's what's going to 
always make every single person in the world different. That's what's going to make the Monday Hustlers different yeah. because it's like you need to have a passion. The only reason why you won't lose is because you have a reason why you're doing it. You know what I mean? That's the only reason why some people fail and some people succeed is because of the fact that one person's doing it for themselves selfishly and the other one's doing it selflessly. And if you're able to do it selflessly, it doesn't matter how much money is coming in. You're going to continue to grind whether it's good or bad because you now are in a position where it no longer is about the monetary value or the physical value. It's what it does for you inside to make something and be able to donate money to Carlos's parents, yeah. which, I, which I saw that you did and you, mm-hmm. you started, you know, you rent yes. essentially a charity yes. and all the money you got for the hats that yep. you made in remembrance of him went to his parents, but you're able to do that where somebody else would be like, why would I want to make something? I don't make all this money to then go sell hats for $50 and not pocket it. Maybe I pocket 20 bucks and then do 30, but yeah. you want to do 100% of your proceeds to exactly that. And be people are able to connect with that more and are willing to be like, I'll spend the $50 on a hat because I know that it's going to something versus I'm just going to spend $50 and give it to Robbie, give it in Robbie's pocket and then he's just going to keep even, flashing. Even with that, everything. and I love that you brought that up. Some people still ask for a deal. Some people had the nerve to still ask for a deal. Bro. Oh, on the, sh- on, those- on, on the hats and ask for a discount. And I've always wanted to tap in for that. Why? Because when you go to Chevron and yeah. you have to fill up your car, do you walk inside and ask the guy for 20% off? No. Like, yo, gas is 328 right now, whatever it is. Like, yo, can I get 20% off of the, the 93 right now? <laughs> or do you go to Nike when you buy... $200 sneakers and say, I got these, these got a discount, or do I get so? Why the entitlement? You know what I'm saying? And that times back into oh, Rob, you know, like what I always try to create, like, oh, Rob, they what people always try to create, like, oh, Robbie has this, this, that, and it and it's crazy. And like, yeah, the money, the money, the money is still building for that because it's long term. I want to make sure that Carlos's mother and his, his older brother are taken care of forever, like. Franchise tag does not have to be what I want it to be. As long as they're good, that it, it, it's what it's supposed to be. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? And that's how I look at it. Like, Because I know my parents, my parents are well, bro. And my parents are also people that help and like to help other people. And that's what they've instilled in me. And that's what we will do as the Alonzos, bro. And like, you know, and that's what the franchise, the, the franchise tag is like. It's homegrown. It's homebred. It has a purpose, bro. Like, yeah, you know, you get caught in the money and you get caught in all the other things. But, man, behind it all, man, it's like a lot of like, it's, it's just real. You know what I'm saying? It's real. And I'm not the only one that goes through things. I'm not the only one that's gone through things. I won't ever be. I'm going to still go through them. I'm going to fail. I'm not perfect. I make mistakes every day. I don't work every day. I don't put 100% in. I feel that I should every day. And I'm just honest with myself, bro. But I'm, I'm going to get there. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Like, I've already accepted the things that I have to do to get there. I'm working on them and doing them. But, yeah, man, just just never quit, man, and always hustle. Hell yeah, dog. I appreciate you coming. Listen, every, for everybody that doesn't already know, obviously your name is Robbie Alonzo, but what are the, what are obviously the, what are the, um, damn it, stumbling on words. What social is your platform. social media platforms for Mine your personal page and then your, and then the franchise Alonzo page? dot Alonzo, R-O-B-B-Y dot Alonzo. And my business page is at the franchise tag dot co. Um, the site also is www.thefranchisetag.com. Um, we have our fall and winter line out right now, and um, we have one more collection that we will be releasing um, in the next couple of months. 
Hell yeah. So you guys stay tuned for that. Um, and listen, um, take a look. Take a look at the franchise tag. Take a look at the apparel. I mean, even if it if it isn't for you, you know somebody that it is for. I'm I'm super big on trying to get more into the streetwear, street fashion style. Um, it's more it's more my vibe. And uh, either way, I mean, it's just very impressive everything that you're continuously gonna con- you're gonna continue to do, and also the plans that you have not only for yourself but the people around you. And like, I admire that. And I've always said to you before, like. I can I can get on board with what it is that you're doing and what you're trying to do because of you as a person, whether I like the stuff or not, you know what I'm yeah. saying? Like, and I can respect that and I respect you and I obviously appreciate you coming, you know, from your house to come here and and do the show. Um, that's number one. And and for everybody else out there, um, if you're just tuning in, you can also find me on my personal page at M A E L K U H M, or you can follow the Monday Hustle. That's at the Monday Hustle, exactly the same way the title is. Um, I want to thank y'all for taking time out of your day and your Monday to to listen to this, and let's go out there and hustle. Hey. Nice. Give a fuck, cause in this moment I got shit on my mind Just to test a nigga hard, I put that bait on the line Trying to level balance inside, I meditate all the time Learn my lesson, turn my blessings into one of a kind I'm gonna stand up face to face, ain't anything in my way Mama told me never let my feelings get in the way I'm waking up like how the hell can I get better today I gave myself that confirmation